Welcome to the CE Pro Podcast. I'm Executive Editor Arlen Schweiger. Sonance has long been a go-to name in the custom industry for audio solutions, especially architectural loudspeakers. About a year and a half ago, the company went about shoring up its brand messaging and also acquired James Loudspeaker. In this week's episode, Sonance's Ari Supron and Michael Bridwell give an update on these initiatives, as well as the latest loudspeaker trends Sonance dealers are capitalizing on. We have two great representatives from Sonance joining the CE Pro podcast this week. We have Ari Supron and Michael Bridwell. Nice to see you guys. Nice to see you, Arlen. How are you? Great to see you. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, Ari, let's start with you. Um, you know, we had that big Sonance rebranding launch that you guys did right before Cedia Expo 2019, the last in-person show that we had. Um, so it's been about a year and a half. And the first thing I want to do is just kind of have you highlight um, the way that was rolled out in terms of internally and externally. And really, what are some of the concrete ways that you've seen that impact the company since that time? Sure. Yeah, it seems like uh, more than a year and a half ago, <laughs> even all that's gone on. But uh, and, and it really started longer before that. And just we had been using the, the brand name Dane Innovations to refer to Sony and Highport and Truefig. And quite frankly, we were realizing that we were pushing a rock uphill a little bit. It, there, none of our products are Dana Innovations products. And it really kind of gave off the wrong impression that we were some type of uh, conglomerate owned by a holding company or something <laughs> that, that uh, people knew us as Sonians. And as we were right. making forays into the commercial channel that I'm sure Michael is going to talk about here in a moment, um, it was really important to us to leverage our history um, with Sonians and make sure that we were really putting that brand forward. And so we went through an exercise to kind of distill the Sonians brand down and, and, and make sure that it uh, we understood exactly what our beliefs were and how they encompass all the brands and everything that we do. And um, we came up with these three pillars of the brand, uh, the idea of design to disappear, about hiding mm -hmm. technology and architecture and landscape. And it's really the DNA of the company from, from the founding of the company and the invention of the architectural speaker and commercialization of it. And so it's true, it's authentic. Um, and, and the second is on that word, authentic partnerships, the idea that, um, you know, we're not just selling products to, to dealers, but we, we really try to partner. We challenge each other. Uh, we try to teach them uh, how to position our products and how to grow their business in unique ways. And the last is uh, the idea of, of our heritage of innovation and creating new categories. Um, and, and by in doing that exercise, it really helped clarify for us who we are, what we believe in, and, and the impact it's had both internally and externally, I, I think it's been profound for us because it's really given us both a, a way to sort of stay focused on what we do, but it also drove us to uh, really clarify and make sure that we could rightfully claim, for instance, in the idea of design to disappear, that we're the best in the world at what we claim to do. Um, and so in that case, we looked at the ourselves and said, you know, we're successful. We may have been the originator of hidden audio idea, um, but there were certain things that we weren't the best at. We didn't have the ability to customize things. Um, in our uh, invisible speakers, there were some specialty manufacturers that, quite frankly, had, had made uh, at times better mousetraps than we had. And we set out to fix that. And over the last few years, with as, as you mentioned, the acquisition of James Loudspeaker and bringing those custom capabilities into our fold, and then the, the long-term development and launch 
of our new invisible series with motion flex technology is just game changing for us. There's really no longer a compromise uh, acoustically with invisible speakers. And so those two things are really byproducts of the rebrand um, and they really helped us elevate uh, our position in the market, particularly in high-end CI, residential and commercial as really the leader in what we do. And, and, that's, and that's really where we wanted it. Yeah, it sounds like it's a pretty easy uh, pitch to bring back to you to your employees in terms of like, hey, here are these here are these pillars that are basically going to be driving every single thing that we do as a company. So it's if there's you know there's clarity with everything that really is the mission of Sonance. Then exactly, and there was a lot of relief from our customers. Like finally, I can just call you guys <laughs> what I know you as Sonance, and and uh, you know I think that's been very well received. Right, clear up some of that confusion. So, Michael Bridwell, you you joined Sonance um, to head up really the commercial sales after being uh, a part of digital projection and screen innovations. So, let me ask you if on the commercial audio side, uh, what do you see in terms of how that rebranding has uh, that initiative has also, um, you know kind of made a, an impact on the commercial audio sales for Sonance, because I know that was something really that the company wanted to spark, obviously, by, by bringing someone with your kind of experience aboard. Sure. It's, and, and Ari's notes are, um, couldn't be more important to what we were trying to do on the commercial side. As you know, Sonance is a massive company on the residential and CI side, whereas commercial, when I joined, we were um, fairly unknown in most spaces, especially the bread and butter corporate AV type markets. And mm -hmm. okay. it's funny, I remember a quote from, I remember a dealer that I knew really well early in my Sonyance years was like, you guys are the best kept secret in the commercial audio space. And I was like, you know, at first I was a little bit flattered, you know, and then I was like, that has nothing to do with the aspirations of why we're doing this. We got to fix that. Right. First. And, and you don't want to be exactly a secret to these uh, dealers and these customers. It's you wonderful know, that people appreciate <laughs> that the few people that knew about us appreciated what we did, but um, tying that into the rebrand, then, you know, that beyond sound is absolutely critical to how we got a foothold because there mm -hmm. were a hundred different commercial audio companies that existed, you know, when I joined three and a half years ago, what didn't exist is a company that really stood by those three pillars that already summarized and made people lean in quickly with something besides, yes, we have a transformer in our speakers. Mm -hmm. And those lean in points are like, you know, that beyond sound in particular is what we took really, really strongly to, because within 15 seconds, I can get somebody to lean in very quickly by saying, yes, we believe in this concept of beyond sound. Oh, what does that mean? Well, then you can talk aesthetics and how our aesthetics are supposed to disappear in the space, like Ari talked about. And all these different things that Sonyance brought to the table from this combination of high performance, high aesthetics, focused on the integrators, no widespread distribution. We just were so different from everybody else in our space you need that one flag that you can rely on to start the conversation and that beyond sound place is a wonderful place to start. So it helped a ton, just help people understand how different we are from everything else. Yeah, and like you said, in a crowded market, it certainly helps to have that differentiation uh, that a company like Sonance really brings to the table. Uh, in terms of what you brought to the table from, the, um, from your experience in the industry, and taking that to commercial sales, I know, obviously, with um, especially with digital proje projection, you were always in the booths at Infocom and CD Expo, really kind of running the show there. What, what's it been like for you going from a real video-based crowd to now dealing with 
an audio based crowd and customer. That's a very, a very different kind of sale, a very different kind of uh, emotional and technical aspects to that sale. What, uh, what have you learned in the, the brief time that you've been with Sonans? Yeah, brief. It's been three and a half years. It feels like it's gone like that, right? <laughs> um, it's a great question because I still love the video side of the business. I still love my digital projection people. Like, um, I still have a very strong connection to that side. But from a personal standpoint, I'm way more focused on audio. I'm way more focused on music and bands and live performance and those things. So that was supernatural. Um, I, you know, sometimes in life, you don't really chart your course. Things are revealed to you when they're, when it's the right time for them to occur. And I'd always pitched next to Sonance and Jason and Jeff at ASEAN conferences and all these things. I had a huge amount of respect. I just didn't know the market very well. And Sonance luckily looked at me, I think I'm going to guess and say, he is the right person. He can learn the things he doesn't know. I feel like I've learned a ton. Um, and to, you know, we've had a lot of success as we've grown together there. I can tell you that uh, one of the biggest reliefs of moving to audio versus video is when the speaker is installed correctly, you're almost never going to have to think about that speaker again. Whereas video, um, the RMA processes of video and whether you had lamps or whatnot, the moment you got it installed, then you were expecting a phone call at some point about something that was going to need to be serviced. And, right. <laughs> um, so that's a huge relief, even though I'm a big video fan. Man, I love it when my integrators place a big order, they put it in, it's done right. And then I know they're going to be happy for years and years and years. Yeah. And it sounds like from the personal standpoint, like you said, uh, and I know you like you recently sent me a, a link to a, a Spotify playlist. Like I know music is a big background for you. So in terms of bringing that excitement to the company and to your dealers, I'm sure that's kind of really something that um, that really speaks to you inside, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, it's hard for me to contain. When I get excited or passionate about something, it's hard for me to keep it under wraps anyway. And um, the audio side of, of that is just supernatural. Right. I'd, I'd add also, I mean, whether you're selling audio or video, commercial or residential, you know, relationships are what matters. Right. And, 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 and leading with our team and our culture, you know, one of the things we like to say at Sonance is our team is your team. And what Michael brought into our organization is someone to lead our efforts in the commercial channel that embodies that idea um, and, and is able to uh, just create authentic partnerships with our customers. And I think that is something that, that we excel at residentially and, and, and maybe not has it maybe hasn't been the norm in the commercial channel, um, typically on the audio side. Um, and, and I think that's really where beyond performance and aesthetics and products, mm -hmm. people uh, is really what matters. And I think Michael has uh, carried that flag for us into the commercial channel and uh, um, really brought customers into our family and, like, and, and vice versa. And, and I think that's really uh, what I see as uh, our greatest strength and success. Yeah, I'm sure you would get plenty of testimonials to back that up, to back that up. Knowing what I know of Michael, certainly. Yeah. You know, let's talk about uh, those. Uh, let's talk about those markets. Then um, moving from first, we'll hit residential and then commercial, and kind of talk about the crossover as well. With you know, we've been covering more resimercial, as we like to call it in CE Pro. Uh, let's start on the residential side, Ari. In terms of, um, you know, the audio market really seems to have. Um, benefited from, you know, the homebound nature of the pandemic. I mean, what can you say? People are uh, spending more times in their homes uh, with, 
obviously interior listening. They're spending more time in their backyard. So I know obviously Sonance has done a really great job with landscape speakers over the years. Um, just different different areas where you are seeing, seeing success. Um, is that something that Sonance dealers would corroborate from 2020? Maybe there was a bit of a dip that we saw with everyone kind of in the early spring. And then when things sort of uh, rechartered course, especially in terms of home entertainment and audio, that uh, it really turned out to be a, a pretty good year for many dealers out there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, first of all, we were very fortunate. We made some big moves that we just talked about with the rebrand and the acquisition of James and the new invisible development uh, before the pandemic hit. And, and um, I always look to, to, to how, how fortunate we are. And um, we were able to, you know, we had uh, really hunkered down for a couple of months there, but mm -hmm. it was pretty clear early on that there was a renewed focus on the home and and that is exactly what played out and our our rebound um starting in around may or june of 2020 has been um absolutely phenomenal for us and and uh, so i can corroborate from lots of integrators on the residential side yeah. that there there is absolutely an increase in demand at first was it just uh, uh catching up from the lockdowns well it's not it's it's real it's sustained um, our focus is to continue to uh, just stay focused on what we've been doing, um, you know, make sure that we're trying to drive our customers up our continuum into uh, higher average selling price products that make them more money um, and are highly differentiated. And, and whether and, and the applications that you mentioned are, 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 are really where the action is. Sure. Outdoor entertainment. Uh, not just audio, but outdoor entertainment in general, distributed audio, home theater, and home office. Um, that, that's what we're seeing. Um, we play to varying degrees in all four of those. Uh, and and uh, all, I mean, basically all the integrators I talked to, and I'm, I think Michael on the, on the uh, residential side would probably corroborate and the, the integrators he knows are, have full pipelines. Um, you know, their biggest challenges right now are just keeping up with it all um and we're trying to help where we can so yeah i've got a, a very optimistic outlook uh for really all of our sectors commercials yep. start, uh, certainly has been challenged and uh in in, in, the, in the industry but it's uh definitely showing signs of, of early early signs of a recovery and and uh, i'm sure michael's seeing some of that and can can attest to it and i also think we're over indexing we have some differentiated products that are really uh, well-received. And so I think we're gaining some share at the same time. Yeah, let's talk about in terms of the uh, the Invisible series, which you guys introduced last year at the uh, at the CD Expo virtual show. Um, how have those been received? Or have they already been shipping and being installed in projects? Um, you know, I know obviously your guys probably were, had plenty of projects in the pipeline before the pandemic hit. So I'm sure they were yeah. In decent shape once people started opening up their houses a bit more and having a little bit more of that comfort depending on where they live. Um, but it sounds it sounds like you are you have the products that do serve all of those markets that are really trending upward upward. So I guess first then, yeah, tell us a little bit about how the dealers have been receiving the invisible series. Sure. And then if there, you know, if there are any any areas that you're seeing a little more headway than others, whether it whether it is more outdoor stuff or distributed audio where they they're going from maybe architectural speakers to not seeing anything just invisible or the, the home office setups. 
Yeah. So uh, the new Invisible launch, first of all, was was a, a big success for us. As I said earlier, it taught us that we can effectively communicate with our customers. Even you know, one of the challenges when you sell audio products is it's tough to to do a demo virtually, right? Um, but but I'm really proud of our team and and uh, got really creative doing it safely um, and getting out there and finding safe ways to do demos, typically outdoors, and mm-hmm. really was able to. Um, get that product out there in a, in a challenging time. Um, what is so game-changing about the product line is that um, unlike uh, historically in the invisible category, uh, there really is no longer a compromise acoustically to go to an invisible speaker. And in some ways, there are some distinct advantages where mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about placement from an aesthetic standpoint, 180 degree dispersion horizontally and vertically. So you, you don't have to have them completely lined up perfectly with each other. Um, and we've also innovated on the installation side of it um, with our Sonance disc uh, system, which is a depth uh, identification and calibration system where we can actually quantifiably measure the amount of topping compound that's put on top of the speaker, enabling the integrator to have a, a a quantifiable conversation with the general contractor if there's been too much mud put on top of the speaker. Um, that combined with our DSP amplifiers uh, has really opened a lot of eyes out there. And what's most exciting is not the projects that are uh, flipping from uh, competitive invisible speakers. Um, that's great. But at the same time, what gets me really excited is hearing high-end top integrators say, this will now be my go-to uh, product instead of a traditional Sonance visible visual performance speaker. Um, and I think that's wonderful. And that's their default uh, going forward. And, and, and in terms of trends, I think the trend that this is picking up on is really the same trend that is driving the James loudspeaker, small aperture and power pipe uh, business, which is this idea of building high performance speakers into the architecture of a home that will last the life of the home. And allowing things like sources and amplifiers back at a rack someplace to be able to change with technology, but utilizing the space within the ceiling and walls to build larger enclosures that have, you know, extended or lifetime warranties that will last the life of the home and produce astonishing results because the client can't see, their their eyes don't see the source of the, the, the sound, but they're getting this full, rich, full-bodied, full-range sound coming out of uh, uh, seemingly everywhere. Uh, and it's a magical experience. And I think that's the trend that we're picking up on with both James uh, and Invisible. And, and it's a trend that we expect to continue to grow as architects and interior designers, integrators, and end users uh, get a chance to experience it. Yeah, if you're if you're a, a design-minded uh, homeowner these days, there's really no reason to have the audio gear out there anymore when it can all be done and put away, and like you said, not even see the speakers uh, yeah. and have any kind of distraction for when they're listening. And it really comes almost as if it's like that full immersive experience, more than just yeah. a distributed audio experience, like an immersive audio experience, That's even right. though it's not an Atmos system per se. That's right. It, it is. And we, we often use that term immersive. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. it's been, you know, so so tied to the idea of Atmos in a theater. 
Um, but it, but the concept of immersion certainly applies in distributed audio when done right, particularly with the open architecture that most of the high-end homes have these days and indoor-outdoor living. And, and the idea of having even balanced coverage using lots of small speakers throughout a space and, and an exterior with our landscape products and what James does, bearing subwoofers either into speakers themselves um, such as our small aperture line or our new small aperture 853 speaker that's just blowing people's minds right now because it's got a full eight inch bandpass subwoofer in each speaker in a three-way bi-amplified configuration, but all ports out through a grill that's seven inches by seven inches. That's the same visual footprint as our own Sonans VP42 speaker, which is a four inch driver with yep. no subs. <laughs> Um, and to be able to get the SPL levels and the performance that you can get out of that same opening now by building an enclosure into the ceiling with a James 853 is just, you know, it's just astonishing to people. Yeah, um, it really opens up integration possibilities, installations, just the, the flexibility exactly. of it is incredible. It, while we're on the subject of James loudspeaker, obviously I wanted to ask you about that because that was right, right around the time of that rebranding. Yeah. Um, and I know you guys had the uh, the outdoor towers shown at the virtual event last fall as well. Um, just get us caught up in terms of what are some of the, the current product developments that James is going through and, sure. you know, what might we expect down the road in 2021 and, and how, how those outdoor towers are playing into the mix as well. Obviously, those I'm sure are doing pretty, uh, stand to do pretty well with the James dealers. They are. They're doing really well. You know, James is so different um, than, than really any other brand in the industry in the sense that um, most, if not all of the D James products that come to market start with a custom request from an entity. Um, and so their ability to say yes is something that we envied and, uh, and quite frankly, acquired them to be able to, to do. Um, you know, it's it, historically with Sonyans, an integrator might say, it would be great if you had this product and, you know, it would take minimum of a year to be able to do that. And James is able to do these types of things in a week. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's just a game changer uh, for us. And the ability to not ask the general contractor and the integrator to modify the construction of the home to accommodate a speaker or a subwoofer, but flip that around and have the manufacturer custom produce a subwoofer to fit in the space you have or a speaker to fit in the space you have, um, really puts the integrator in a different position as a, a true member of the design and construction team on the project um, with a, a partner behind them in, in James Loudspeaker that um, enables them to, to, to basically do magic tricks. And that's something that we're really excited about. The, the, the towers are an interesting one um, in that we typically uh, look to hide speakers into uh, landscape. But, you know, there are those clients that want uh, a, a output level that is uh, challenging to produce from a physics standpoint without a, a, an enclosure like that. Um, we are looking at some uh, innovative ways to hide those speakers in the future. Um, so look out for that in the future. Yeah, but I was going to ask you about that. If you're thinking about different materials or, you know, other, other ways that, um, that that we might are, be incorporated. So we are looking at some ways to um, conceal those speakers mm -hmm. even more. And one of the ways we already do is uh, is a, is a um, uh, something that James can do that maybe not a lot of people realize, which is hydro dipping. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with the process, but the ability to 
Um, we bought, we just in fact recently invested in our own special specialized printer to be able to enable this where a client can take a high res photo of um, any surface, um, basically send that into us with a, uh, we color correct it and print it on a specialized film with a sort of plastic backing and it sits in a water bath that at the right temperature melts the plastic backing, leaving the ink of the photo on the surface of the water. And then we take a grill, a speaker, a tower and dip it through that ink and it takes on that um, pattern or that picture throughout the uh, exterior of the product. And so finding ways to camouflage speakers is something that we're gonna continue to innovate because um, it's core to our brand of design of the speaker. Yeah, that sounds like a very cool process. Uh, in terms of in terms of James Loudspeaker, I don't know, if, Michael, if they're somewhere where those outdoor towers are going to also be implemented on the commercial side, but in terms of commercial or, you know, what we'll call resi-mercial market, where the dealers already can do a lot of the, the distribution and control aspects of those types of projects, uh, where are you seeing those kind of start to tick back up here? Um, what markets are your dealers starting to get that um, pipeline of projects filled again? Yeah, so 2020, as you guys, as everybody knows at this point in time, was really challenging for the commercial market period. Lots of layoffs, um, projects just ground to a halt. Um, not wholesale, thank goodness, but uh, many of them did, um, stalled. So the great news about 2021 is that, and this is, I'm cautious to call it a trend because of what we've been through the last year, but month on month, the last three months, we've seen really good signs of a reopening. And that's on, there's two aspects of commercial that are important to realize. One is the taking in of daily POs. And the other is design requests for projects that are 12 to 18 months out. Okay. Um, the most worrying part of 2020 was that the design requests started to compact, to, to contract. And that bodes, re that's a really scary feeling for somebody who works in commercial because you know that not only is the, is the present difficult, the future may be difficult too. And we've now seen design requests go up um, very strongly. Um, and luckily that's tracking with that's tracking with orders as well. So those are good signs. Um, as far as markets go, hospitality, travel, themed entertainment, some of those services based sectors were really compressed. They will be um, the ones that are the last to come back, but they'll also be the ones that the people, consumers like myself are clamoring for the most. Uh, Bank of America released some really good information um, a few a few weeks back about customer polls um, based on their usage of their credit cards. What are the things that you're looking forward to the most yep. spending on your money? And those services sectors types experiences um, are the top of everybody's list, like, oh, at least 30% above everything else. So as much as we all used to feel like, oh, being in a crowd is such a drag or I can't hear this band because these people are in my ear the entire time. Those are the things that people want the most. So as con contracted as they were, they'll come roaring back. We're already starting to see those as well. And okay. hospitality encompasses a lot of different things. That's everything from travel, both personal and business, all the way to the restaurants that are sure. in those hotels, all those sectors. Um, trying to think of anything else that's encouraging there. The other, well, the other part of encouraging news there is that Cisco, who employs, you know, hundreds of thousands of service people across the, across the world, have now announced that they are bullishly starting to rehire. Uh, which is another thing that we should all get really excited about because that means they are anticipating a surge in service need, which mm -hmm. is really good news. So I would say pay special attention to those sectors, those sectors that have been completely shuttered because they're going to come roaring back in no time. 
Um, and I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, my commercial channel, we grew over 2019 in 2020. So in 2020, we actually had a solid year. It wasn't where we thought we would be when we put our plan together at the end of 2019, but we had a great year in 2019 and we, and we exceeded that. So I feel really thankful that a huge diversity of application projects continued to come in. Right, right now, it just feels like there's all this, all the projects we were anticipating landing in Q3 of Q4 of last year are now starting to plant and trigger. Um, so, and <laughs> I can't say more, I, I can't say it more honestly, that is a massive relief that I'm not going to have to carry that through. Um, yeah, that's great to hear. For another nine to 12 months. Michael, how about your commercial integrators? We've been hearing from uh, just both anecdotally and from, I think it was some uh, VIXA people who were echoing this sentiment recently in terms of commercial dealers that are kind of making their way into some residential projects and and staying you know better afloat by by doing those. Have you seen that with your dealers who you know obviously already know how to put in an outdoor system, an outdoor audio system? or they know how to put in a conferencing system. Maybe they're doing more home conferencing networks or backyard uh, projects these days. Is that something that you guys are hearing on the commercial side? Um, the commercial channel is super diverse, right? So like take restaurants, for example. Restaurants are equally tackled by commercial integrators as they are residential integrators. If a residential integrator has a good knowledge of you know, distributed audio and how to use a 70 volt, speaker and the efficiencies that it brings to a place like that, then a residential dealer can tackle those as well. And that's always sort of been a gray area between commercial and residential. That continues to be the case where commercial dealers that typically lived and died by the corporate headquarters, you know, they would have the, the Fortune 50 or the Fortune 100 corporate headquarters, and that's how they would make 100% of their business. Now they have started to move over into more of those hospitality type applications that normally they didn't have the prowess to do. Um, outdoor in itself is just an interesting anomaly because the bread and butter commercial integrators that do those headquarters or data centers and IT typically never even thought about outdoor, the outdoor spaces. And one of the, one of the narratives that I've, I continue to hammer on with my reps, consultants and dealers alike is the experience for a customer or an end user starts when they close the door in the parking lot not when they open the door of the museum. So <laughs> start the experience, if, you, if you're really experience driven, which is really what a VIXA, you know, a VIXA went through a whole name change sure. just to address this and double down on it. If you're truly committed to, ex to the experience of the person walking into that space, you have to start that experience as early as possible. So outdoor in particular is a great way to do that. And it's also, in my opinion, one of the, um, one of the forgotten spaces for the commercial sector. So we spent a lot of time talking about that. And again, residential has done a great job of embracing outdoor for many, 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 many years ago. Commercial is sort of late to the game, but we're catching up. Okay, so there's definitely uh, some good opportunities there. I think it sounds like for them to kind of up their outdoor game and, and get into some of, some of those areas for sure. Yeah, and think a little less rigid about commercial being a, a nine, foot ceiling conference room with right. speakers <laughs> rinse and repeat a hundred times, right? Yeah. Because uh, lastly, it doesn't exist as much as it did. I wanted to, um, lastly, I wanted to um, ask you, Ari, I know you're a big high resolution audio fan. I know we've talked about that before uh, and you have a, a, a 
a proper setup in your own home to really get absorbed into that high resolution audio. So I want to get your perspective from in terms of being used to listening to that and having, you know, some critical listening experience with the, that own system. Does that translate or how much does that translate to the distributed audio experience where dealers, you know, might need to somehow convince their customers that, you know, they, they can get a better experience that's out there where, you know, from, from the two-channel side, it might be through implementing high-res audio. What is there for them on the distributed audio side in terms of really elevating that experience uh, yeah, yeah, for the customers? Good question. So, yeah, I mean, like we've talked about, I, I, and I know you're a fan as well. And in, in, in um, there's a there's a couple different applications for audio in the home. There's uh, typical hi-fi two-channel, which is certainly having a nice resurgence and is a great hobby, and I, I love it. Um, there's home theater. I, I have a nice theater that I double as a surround system and a, a separate two-channel system in one room, and get a lot of enjoyment from that. But that that journey's taught me something, which is that the the three different applications, being hi-fi, home theater, and distributed audio, have some similarities and some foundational things that are in common. But it's really important to understand. Uh, the differences when you're selling them. And I think the biggest difference between the three is what is the experience that we're trying to achieve with each of these applications? You know, in, in Hi-Fi, as you know, we're, we're, we're trying to recreate that live music experience, have that three-dimensional holographic soundstage in front of us, that solid center image. Uh, in, in, in home theater, we're trying to make ourselves believe we're in the movie, that we're on the battlefield. And so in both of those applications, nobody's supposed to talk. Nobody's supposed to move. We're going to sit there and absorb this experience. Um, and it makes sense in hi-fi that if you're trying to create that live music experience and have that holographic soundstage to have a pair of speakers and sit perfectly centered in the middle of the two. In, in home theater, it makes sense to surround ourselves with speakers all the way around us and now with Atmos above us as well and make ourselves feel like we're on the battlefield. But what about distributed audio? You know, that's where we really focus, not that we don't play in home theater uh, as well. It, it really was a, an interesting way to think about things in that there are some similarities. Fidelity matters. Having tight musical bass matters in all three. Having clear articulate highs matters in all three. But the end experience that we're trying to achieve with distributed audio is different. What we believe is we're trying to make the, the clients and all of their guests feel comfortable while they're listening to music um, and really recognize that they're not there to listen to music. They're doing something else. They're walking around the home. They're talking to each other. And so we want that music to be able to be comfortable. And you can't produce a comfortable experience without good fidelity. And the higher the resolution, the better the fidelity. However, we're not going to lie down on the ground and look up at a pair of speakers and get that hi-fi experience, let's face it. So the whole idea of just putting a pair of speakers in the middle of the room, you know, is something that is fine for certain applications and certain budgets. But what we really believe is that even balanced coverage, having more smaller speakers spread out throughout the space, much like the way a proper lighting design would be done, right? You wouldn't light a, a kitchen with two floodlights in the middle of the room. Sure, you'd have the right number of foot candles where you need them, but it'd be really uncomfortable to be underneath one of those floodlights. And audio works the same way. 
And so that's really where we've been uh, focused in producing smaller speakers that are easier to hide into the architecture and into the landscape, burying subwoofers either integrated into the speakers with our small aperture line with James or, or separate with bandpass subwoofers or in the ground outside um, with our landscape series and with James power pipes and producing an experience that truly defies what your eye expects to hear. Um, with full range sound, the higher the resolution, the better, certainly encouraging dealers to, even if they're using Sonos as a source, to step up to the titles and the co-buzzes at 1644 and get that better resolution. But for us, the, the way to take distributed audio to the next level isn't going up to DSD files and 2496 and things like that, but rather by spreading that sound out evenly throughout the space, indoor, outdoor, hiding it effectively, and just creating a truly magical experience for the client and their guests when they're entertaining, where the volume can just be at that perfect level where you feel and, and sense the fidelity, but that it's comfortable to still be able to talk while the music's playing. Yeah, has that been a, I know that has been a, a mantra of, of Sonance. Is that something that the dealers um, have really been able to figure out how to how to really properly sell with that message as opposed yeah. to saying, yep, we're going to need, you know, four in ceiling speakers in the great room. We're going to need two in each bedroom. We're going to need two in the kit, like, you know, going from from that kind of more, I guess, line item list to yeah. saying, here's how you really need to do it. Is that something that they've been able to kind of absorb as dealers and be yeah. and, 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 and through partnership fashion, you know, we're, we're not just giving them the product, but we're trying our best to influence the way that they position it with their client. Right. And too often, especially early on, we would see integrators come out back from San Clemente, visiting our studio and experiencing these solutions. Um, and then going out in the field and selling the client, I've got this great solution for you. We're going to put eight satellite speakers and two subwoofers in the ceiling of your kitchen. And the, and the client too often or, or should rightfully say, no, you're not. That's, that's crazy. This isn't a nightclub. Um, and what we're, and, and then the, the integrator would try to recover by saying things like, oh, here's what's cool about that. But you've already lost the sale, right? They've already decided that's wrong. And so really trying to teach uh, integrators that are what, what we believe is that you need to lead, lead with the why behind it. What is what is your belief? And you know, we're big proponents of Simon Sinek's famous uh, TED Talk, Start With Why. And, and people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And so leading off with, you know, at Name Your Integration Company, we believe when it comes to entertaining and distributed audio that, that you should have a system that's comfortable to listen to, one that's perfectly hidden into your architecture and one that makes it, um, uh, you know, a, a comfortable experience for everybody. And the way we're going to do that is rather than putting one large pair of eight-inch speakers in your ceiling where it's going to be too loud underneath them and not loud enough in the corners of the room, we'd like to spread the sound out by using eight satellite speakers and two subwoofers. And you've got a fighting chance at making a sale because you've explained your belief system. Uh, and, and then, you know, we believe products and what you sell and services should be nothing more than proof of your beliefs. And our belief is that distributed audio needs to be comfortable and it needs to be hidden. And when you get them both right, it's magic. All right, well, it sounds like the why of why 2021 will be another big year for audio sales, uh, that there are a lot of reasons for that. And so we appreciate uh, Ari and Michael from Sonance laying out all of those and getting us 
you know, caught up to uh, to speed with what's going on with Sonance and James and and all your dealers. So really appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to be with CE Pro. Thanks for having us. Glad to do it. Thank you.